Arnhild Spence, thank you very much uh, for taking my call and welcome to Radio Canada International. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to talk to you. The World Food Programme is um, asking uh, for more funding to be able to deal with the outbreak of uh, Ebola in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, tell me, what's the situation there on the ground? Uh, well, first of all, I'm based in Kinshasa, and DRC is a very big country. Uh, the current Ebola outbreak is concentrated in the east, northeast of the country, in two provinces, Ituri and North Kivu and with a particular emphasis on North Kivu, which is a long way from Kinshasa. It's about two and a half hours flight, just to give you a, a sense of the dimensions of this country. Still, uh, WFP, my organization, is heavily involved and invested in assisting in this response to Ebola at all levels of our organization. That is headquarters in Rome. It is our regional bureau in Johannesburg. It's our country office in Kinshasa. It's our area office in Goma, uh, in North Kivu, and a number of uh, locations, obviously, where the actual response is taking place. Uh, the situation on the ground is not good. Uh, this is actually the second largest Ebola outbreak ever recorded uh, after the West Africa outbreak, uh, which was major, of course. It is the 10th outbreak in Democratic Republic of Congo, and it is the second one we are grappling with in the course of less than one year. So our understanding of the situation is that Ebola is probably here to stay in one form or another in DRC. Uh, it is a matter now of uh, containing it, uh, and with a view, obviously, to stopping the transmission chain altogether. But the fact that we are working in Eastern DRC complicates the response in several ways. First of all, Eastern DRC has been an active conflict zone for several decades uh, with a multitude of armed groups, um, which makes it difficult uh, to get access to the people who are affected by Ebola. Um, what we have also witnessed in this outbreak is a high degree of uh, community skepticism and fear, actually, of the medical response to Ebola. Uh, and that gives us um, uh, a challenge in terms of communicating uh, what we are doing and how uh, our efforts can help the population. It is a population who have felt neglected for decades. Um, this is uh, due to their perception uh, that they have been uh, victims of all kinds of ills uh, related to conflict, uh, violence uh, against civilians, displacement, uh, a number of health issues and basic needs that have not been met. So they are critical of the sudden, what they perceive as the sudden international interest in um, helping to stop Ebola. And they perceive sometimes that we are doing it the international community out of a set of, of narrow self-interest rather than genuinely caring about the well-being of the population. Uh, so this is one of the key challenges that this response has been faced with, 
because without the active participation and support of the communities that are affected by Ebola, uh, you can't actually bring it uh, under control. Uh, what is also special about this Ebola outbreak is that um, WHO, the World Health Organization, has been able to field uh, a experimental vaccine, uh, which actually has showed uh, good results. Um, so I think it is uh, due to the effectiveness of the vaccination campaign in part that we haven't seen even higher numbers uh, than we have already. Uh, the numbers are high. Uh, we have uh, more than uh, 1,340 cases reported since the beginning of this epidemic, which was last August, and more than 800 deaths, sadly. 872 deaths have been tallied. Um, on the other hand, 387 patients have been cured also since the beginning of the ep epidemic. And part of the communication that needs to take place vis-a-vis -vis the population uh, is that if you have Ebola symptoms, A, come forward, B, um, admit yourself to, uh, to the Ebola treatment. Because um, the sooner uh, someone who is uh, infected by Ebola gets to treatment, uh, the greater probability that the patient will be, will, will be cured. So that's in, in very broad terms about the Ebola situation. Um, but I should perhaps talk about WP's role in the response to Ebola. Um, in terms of um, uh, what I wanted to also ask you, is that uh, usually it's the WHO, the World Health Organization, that is the lead agency in uh, fighting uh, Ebola. What is the role of the WFP? Why is the WFP involved in this? Uh, well, actually, the response to Ebola is led by the government of the DRC. It's a government that has uh, experience in managing Ebola outbreaks, uh, and they have uh, coordination mechanisms and response mechanisms in place. Us, the international community, are here to support the government-led efforts uh, to break the transmission chain of Ebola. That's what we are here for. Uh, so the lead actor uh, on the UN side is the World Health Organization, naturally, because we're talking about a public health emergency. It is not primarily a humanitarian emergency, but it takes place in a country where there already is a humanitarian emergency. Uh, and that's why WFP uh, is involved in a number of, uh, of response areas. Uh, for us, it is a crisis. Within the crisis, we already have a, a massive uh, hunger uh, response in this country. We are uh, trying to help more than 5 million people suffering from acute hunger and malnutrition. Last year, we already uh, reached 5.2 million but that is only a portion of the 13 million people who need our kind of food assistance, life-saving food assistance. So it's already a massive uh, humanitarian crisis that we are responding to. In terms of food insecurity, it is the country with the largest needs after Yemen globally. Mm. So for WFP, it is naturally a high-priority country. And we have a level three type of response, which is the highest level of emergency response uh, in, the, in the system and for WFP. 
to to help us uh, mount a, a response that is proportionate to the needs. So that's the backdrop, and it's a huge country. Now, in one part of the country, you now have this crisis on top of the crisis, which is Ebola. Uh, we have experience as WFP in supporting WHO and supporting the United Nations in responding to Ebola in West Africa. Um, so there are two main components to WFP's contribution. First, there is the logistical support that we provide, in particular through the United Nations Humanitarian Air Service. What that air service offers is to get the, the medical responders to the deep field locations and especially new outbreak areas as soon as there is an alert. And that uh, makes a tremendous difference to the system's ability to stop uh, new outbreak areas from developing into major outbreak areas. So we have this uh, humanitarian air service that we operate, and we also offer a number of other logistical support services to the Ministry of Health, to the World Health Organizations, and other parts of the response community. In addition to that uh, operational support, uh, we are fielding a, uh, a, a food assistance response to Ebola. Um, now, the response strategy, uh, the food assistance response strategy to Ebola is very much framed within the overall strategic objective of this response, which is to break the transmission chain of the virus. Therefore, the people that we are targeting for food assistance are those who are at most risk of spreading the virus. In other words, it is the people who have been in contact with uh, patients and who may be carriers of the virus themselves. These people, the Ebola contacts, uh, are subject to a 21-day medical observation period uh, during which they are followed very closely to to uh, see if they develop the symptoms of Ebola. It is in that period, and in fact for a month, that we come in with food assistance on a weekly basis to help encourage those people to not move about, uh, not go to the markets where they mingle with lots of people, and to basically stay in their home by ensuring that their uh, food uh, requirements are met. Um, so 85% of the people that we assist fall into that category. In addition, we also provide food assistance to the people who are undergoing treatment, the patients of the Ebola treatment centers, and those who have been discharged uh, to help reintegrate them into society, to help them overcome the vulnerability that they may have suffered uh, during their, their period uh, while they were being treated or being so those are the three main categories but like I said 85% are those who are at risk of, of, uh, of spreading uh, spreading the virus now um, as I mentioned in the beginning uh, the WFP is asking for um, step up in the international assistance for its programs uh, dealing with Ebola. What ha what do you want the international community and countries like Canada do in this uh, crisis? Uh, well, 
the overall framework that we are working within here is a strategic response plan to Ebola, uh, which is led by the government. That strategic response plan has several iterations. The current one is asking for $148 million to uh, resource the response to Ebola from the 1st of February to the end of July. It's a six-month plan. So far, there have been in the region of 80 million in contributions towards that plan. So it's far from fully funded, and it also relies too much on a handful of donors. So it's very important now to get more donors uh, on board uh, because we are faced with a, with a serious crisis. And unless we resource our planned interventions, obviously we place this uh, this uh, outbreak at even greater risk of spreading within the DRC and even across borders and more lives being lost. So the first plea to Canada and other member states is please help us respond robustly to this outbreak so this can be brought under control as soon as possible. Hmm. What In ha- terms of WP, uh, within this strategic response plan, which we form a part of, WFP requires $20 million, and that is towards the food assistance that I described, as well as the operational support to enable the response of the entire response community. And uh, of those $20 million, we've only, only received six. Uh, so we also have quite a big uh, gap in resources uh, in terms of what we are doing and what we are planning to do in the next period. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Well, it was my pleasure. Uh, and uh, thank you for placing uh, the focus on, on DRC and on this uh, Ebola response. And we look forward to to an even stronger partnership with Canada and other potential partners in, in, in this effort. Thank you very much. Thank you.